You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. And knowing was half the battle. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. All right, welcome to the very first episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. This is your host, Tim. I am being joined by a super talented voice actor that I've grown up with since the 80s. Michael Bell is joining me today. Michael, how are you doing today? Good. I didn't realize I was so old. <laughs> nah, we're all, we're all getting old, man. <laughs> yeah, you sound about what, 30? Yeah, I'm 32. <laughs> yeah, I feel so bad for you. It must be very difficult getting up. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very sad on our end too, you know, seeing, you know, you guys grow up and and not as in many cartoons and much anymore because of the way Hollywood's going, you, you know, the direction they're going with all the multi-talented, you know, big actors taking over you guys' roles. I, I hate that. Yeah, well, um, you gotta get in line. I don't think it's a big line, but uh, get in line. Uh, I don't know if the public really cares that much. I think most of us are pretty much uh, trying to get them to change, take some of us back. Yeah. back that do this for a living, and kind of like picking up spit. Yeah, well, regardless, I, I, I'm a huge fan of your work, and so I just wanted to talk a little bit about your career. Um, before we get do that, let's get to know you just a little bit more. What kind of cartoons did you grow up watching yourself? Um, well, don't forget, I was born before television. Uh-huh. So, talk about watching myself. Uh, I, the cartoons I saw were in uh, movies. Uh, okay. Funny, Tom and Jerry, whatever, uh, Bad Milk, and, and of course it was all, most of that was other than Tom and Jerry with uh, Al Blank. And, uh, and then uh, when television came around, I'm not sure how much in the way of cartoons there were during that early period. Most of it was live action. Mm-hmm. Very good. Kenny Kinescope, but I think in terms of cartoons that I had to watch while I was working that weren't mine uh, because my daughter was uh, was probably what she loved uh, was Doug yeah that's one of my favorites that you've done too right, I, I'm hearing some kind of feedback um yeah, I might be parking shortly. You, uh, your, your listeners were hearing drive on 405. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry I wasn't at home, but I, uh, I do, uh, I work on animal welfare work, and I had an immediate emergency to get out and bring a bunch of goodies to an animal, uh, auction here okay. in uh, Boulevard in LA, so I had to get my stuff out. <laughs> no, man. Sorry about that. Do you want me to call you back in, in a few minutes or something? Is, that, is it that intrusive? It's not bad. It's just every now and then a couple words cut in and out. Oh, that's me. That's that's the way I talk. Yeah, listen. <laughs> First of all, I, it's going so good for me because it's a lot of people love it. <laughs> not. Okay, why don't I just call you back in 10 minutes so we can see if that fixes anything or... or we'll do. So... Sure. 
So you mentioned um, first watching Looney Tunes in, a, in the theaters. Would you say that Mel Blanc is a huge, you know, uh, role model for you as a voice actor? I don't know if I use the term role model because, frankly, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't get into the business to be a voice actor. Okay. I started out um, as a as an actor in theater, and then uh, came to uh, California, Los Angeles, did theater here. And then the slogan was surely you worked my way well into, I was well into my 30s by the time I got into television. I did a small movie, terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> got off, of, I mean, it's really, it's really an underground movie called Damaged Goods about syphilis. Okay. Uh, which was uh, great fun. But uh, the, the point was that, I, you know, all of us wanted to do movies. You know, wanted to work as actors and I wanted to work as an actor. And then only when I became fairly successful as a television actor that I met friends and people who got me involved in voiceover and took me to a session with Mel Blanc. Of course, he's, he's uh, an icon. Oh, yeah. And definitely. not because he did voiceover, it's just that he was part of my childhood. It would, to me, it would be like meeting uh, you know, Lancaster or uh, Johnny Weissmill or something, uh-huh. people of, of my childhood. And, uh, and I was fascinated with that work. That work really grabbed me, and I said, this is great, because I'm not doing what I want to do in television. I'm a heavy most of the time. There are no comedies for me. Uh, there were no real comedies in television at the time that I was in it. I was doing stuff like, uh, I mean, there might have been comedies, but I wasn't in the series. Mm-hmm. I made a bit of guests, but I wasn't one of the funny people. I was one of the funny guests. <laughs> so, uh, and that's what I wanted to do, and I wasn't getting into that, so I was on the contract, you know, I got on the contract Universal, and I still was doing heavies. And the, my friend said, uh, you should really be doing voiceovers because you do all these characters. So I said, okay, let's give it a try. So I did a tape, gave it to an agent, Cunningham, the agency at the time. And uh, they said, we can quit and get your work. And the rest was uh, my own personal history. So nothing that's going to change the world, but it's my own personal history, yeah. <laughs> oh, very nice. That's awesome. Um, now, what was your first major role as a voice actor? I have to have to say as I can think about it was probably the Artful Dodger in Oliver Twist in the Artful Dodger for Hanna Barbera. I'm not sure. Huh? I've never seen that one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, I think interestingly enough, they they even auditioned Davy Jones, who's since passed, yeah. from the Monkees, and I beat him out, which is really fascinating since. Not only was he English, he also sang, and I was neither. <laughs> so it goes to say that there's a, had a had a VO angel sitting on my shoulder. Yeah, no kidding. That, that's awesome. Who knows? You might not be where you are now if it wasn't, you know, if Davy Jones took over for you. It might not be here right now. It might be that. Uh, and I don't know why I'm here now anyway, because I recently saw my performance as the Artful Dodger. And <laughs> so where did you go from there? Well, continued on with Hannibal Barra, uh, a lot of their shows, and then um, eventually did series for them, numbered series, episodic series, uh, you know, the, the Smurfs and Snorks and, and so forth. I think Despots and a lot of their, uh, a lot of their stuff, and then their movies. Um, yeah, and then other other people picked up on it, and I wound up working for Film Nation and worked working for Marvel and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing all the shows which are all on my uh, credit list and on imdb.com, which kind of lists it more than my memory serves me. That's nice. That's my memory. Let's go to IMDb and I go, oh, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember doing that. 
Yeah, yeah, same thing. I talked to Rob Pawson, um probably five years ago. He said the same exact thing. He's like, I didn't even know I was in an episode of, uh, I think it was maybe Thundercats, maybe? So I didn't, I wasn't aware I was even in that. <laughs> That's right. Well, that's because Rob is losing his memory, but I'm not. It's just that I've done so much stuff. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's talk about Super Friends. Um, how many characters were you in Super Friends? First, was it the Riddler first? Yeah, Riddler. And then Riddler. one of the... You were Gleek, weren't you? Gleek, the blue monkey, Zan. Yeah, that's right, Zan. Uh, and then I did a... Uh, and I'm looking at... I'm looking at I have a huge uh, cell here, giant cell that was made up for me by the, everybody at Hanna-Barbera for my birthday. And I'm looking at the characters, um, the super friends. Basically, yeah. I guess that was pretty much it. I, I, it all kind of runs together. I see a lot of other characters that I've done. A free-headed creature and a little <laughs> boy and a professor and then some monster and then some creature, a huge big blue monster with a point on top of its head and a character with a big W on its chest and uh, Ben Cooper from Jana of the Jungle and this big thing said without you we'd be speechless happy birthday Mike from the gang at HP so I get everybody's uh, signature which of course is really great so I can give that to my daughter when I die and say here to buy you yeah. a house <laughs> nice and do you have a lot of um you know, artifacts that you've collected over the years. I don't mean to call it artifacts, I don't mean to call you old or anything, but do you have anything that you collected over the years, like any more cells or anything of your characters? Oh, yeah, we have our vanity wall. All of us have our vanity uh -huh. wall. We all have cells that we managed to get over a period of time. They stopped giving them away, actually. But yeah. <laughs> we have a, a crap load of cells, and we frame them and slap them up on our walls. Yeah, actually, uh, I collect animation cells myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not in cartoons, but I love cartoons so much. So I have about... About 30 animation cells on my wall right now, and some of them, like, you know, my favorites, I got a Darkwing Duck, and, uh... Oh, sure. Oh, how great. Yeah, and, uh... That's great. DuckTales, and, uh, Yogi Bear, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's it's nice to own a little piece of history, you know? Yeah, well, now, I, I, what I, I bought the prototype, the statue, the prototype statue for, uh, Cracker Jacks. Yeah. I for Darkwing Duck. So awesome. I bought the prototype statue, and I've got that, and that's, I'm just waiting for the next earthquake. <laughs> that would be amazing. Seriously, Darkwing Duck is one of my favorite cartoons still of all time. It was a good show. Yeah, it was. It's my, a very clever show. My girls love it, too. I got I got two older, you know, not older, but eight and five, and they, they're growing up on uh -huh. it, too, as well. So, yeah, it's... it's... No, it's a very, very clever show. <clears throat> very clever show. Now, uh, unlike a lot of the shows today, I don't think most of the shows today are clever, but I don't watch them. They're not. I can't. I can't watch them either. You know, it's I. Yeah. I just pop in a DVD of a Ducktail or something like that for my girls to watch. Yeah. We don't watch very many modern shows at all. So from you also voice Plastic Man. Yeah, I got some memorabilia, some Plastic Man memorabilia around here as well. That, of course, I grew up with. That was one of my favorite comic books. Plastic Man and Captain Marvel were my two favorite comic uh -huh, books. Sure. And if the truth be known, Little Lulu. Call me crazy. I love Little Lulu. But I love <laughs> Plastic Man and uh, and Marvel and Superman, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. And all does. the guys. I mean, Green Lantern and <laughs> Submariner and all those. Those are, those are just all my faves. Mm -hmm. I would love to visit your house and look at your, your collection. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. I got lots of 
people have sent me stuff over the years. Oh, yeah, sure. Toys. They sent me action figures. And then, of course, I've done a lot of games. So I get action, I get uh, one or two action figures from games that was given by the producers, really huge, big carved action figures. So it's all kind of, it's a legacy. Mm-hmm. It's a legacy, it's history. I look back on it and I say, wow, that was a kick. That was great. I enjoyed that. I was very, I was very fortunate. Now, yeah, what, we had, you know, what would you say would be your most favorite role you've done? You know, everybody asks me that, and it's kind of, it's the, the old analogy of saying, who's your favorite child? But <laughs> I guess if you're the old lady in the shoe and you've got mm-hmm. 90 kids or 100 kids, you're going to have to pick one or two out. I um, I love doing the Smurfs. Okay. I really love doing the Classic. Smurfs. Clear classic show for me. And uh, loved, which is not your genre, not your age, but I love the Rugrats. I love the intelligence and the, and the, uh, the, uh, the uh, writing in Rugrats. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, you were uh, uh, Drew Pickles, right? Uh, I was Drew and uh, Grandpa Boris okay. and uh, Chucky's dad, Chad. And about every, mm. almost every visiting character for the first season. Oh, wow. Keeping you busy. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I used to kid myself. I used to say I was the Ross Martin of cartoons because he did all those characters in Wild Wild West. Okay. So, uh, on the other perspective, uh, do you have a least favorite you've done? I'm not going to tell you that because they may be listening. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, may, you may have somebody out there go <laughs> that's listening to you and saying oh my god I love that show I hate that guy <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you my least favorite that's uh, alright <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it anyway <laughs> sure. alright so what, one of my favorites you know probably the first time I recommend I, mean, I, I used to watch Super Friends all the time but probably <laughs> the ma- the major role for me is G.I. Joe I still love that show Duke is, is the b- best character Duke and Flint, to me, is the best character on the show. Um, G.I. Joe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What cool was character. it like? I, I loved it. Yeah, what was it like recording that, and do you have any great stories to tell? I don't know if I have great stories. I just know that we uh, that we were all in the room at the time, which is unusual. It doesn't happen now. To my knowledge, you don't get the whole cast in the room. I think the last time we did that, we did a G.I. Joe, the, the new G.I. Joe, where I played um, Duke's father. Mm, yeah, that's right. And... Uh, and that we did everybody in the room and it was wonderful nice but I don't know how much is being done I don't know how much they do that anymore I'm told that there's so many people that are so busy that they just come in they do their hinge and they leave and somebody else comes in at their time do their hinge and they leave and they cut it all together and nowadays, I don't know whether that works you know. nowadays it seems like all the actors you know are A celebrities and they probably don't want to waste their times you know recording with everybody in the room but it doesn't get as much of a sincere you know a job to me if you record it I don't know if time. they're wasting their I don't know it's because they're not wasting their time it's because they probably don't have the time yeah if they're celebrities my feeling is if you don't have the time don't do it yeah. man this is what we do for a living this is what I did for a living I don't do it anymore but this is what I did for a living and when I was doing it for a living and finding out that an example when Deke was doing Captain Planet mm-hmm and they cast it with all voice. You know, all of us were doing voices. Now we're all actors. We've all most of us have done on cameras. Just that we excelled in voiceover. And we we knew the craft, so they would hire us, and they could depend upon us to do two or three voices. You know, you bring in Tom Cruise. How many voices can you do, Tom? How many voices <laughs> can you do, Whoopi? Come on, just give me a clue, Bruce Willis. How many voices can you do? 
okay, that's not an indictment, but they don't do that. We do that. We have created those characters over the years because that's, that was our mania. That was our germ. That kind of like letting cheese age. That's what we had. That was our bacteria. Where these other people are physically pretty or interesting and on camera, it's what they do. They don't do voiceover. So mm -hmm. they would hire them just for their voice. So we did they, we did the pilot of Captain Planet. And uh, and I played a character came, played uh, a character called Luton Runabout, or Luton Killabout or something like that. And then uh, Kathy, uh, Kath, uh, she was in it. And, uh, and Neil, um, Neil played, Neil Ross played Captain Planet. Okay. And, uh, and there were a number of other characters. Then the next thing we know, they plan to go ahead with it with Tom Cruise as Captain Planet, Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg as the goddess. They kept Cassie C and they hired um, a very famous actor at that time. I didn't see his face, but I can't think of his name to, to, to replace me. And another um, movie star to replace somebody else. And the show did okay, but they had to replace, again, Tom Cruise, because he wasn't available after they got mm -hmm. him for the first one. They had to replace Whoopi Goldberg, which was, I'm told, not available for the second one. And uh, and my character was no longer in it, because he was just a guest character. I wasn't mm -hmm. like you on the series. And, uh, and uh, they didn't go back to Neil Ross to say, well, you know, Neil did the pilot, let's give it back to Neil. Or uh, this woman did the pilot, let's give it back to her. They went to totally different people, which sucks. Yeah. So I learned at that time, quite frankly, they is rarely any loyalty in the in the industry. Yeah. And that's for on camera or voiceover. Rarely any loyalty. And I stopped expecting people who used me or who employed me before to employ me again. Yeah, it seems like love me, loved you, God we love you, we love you. And that goes for just about everybody. And the next thing you know they do a show and you go, mm, I'd love to have gotten a chance to read for it. Oh yeah, we went in a different direction. <laughs> ah, so you went with the Martian. You went with the Hermaphrodite. I get it. Okay. Okay. Now, it seems like there might be somewhat of a loyalty with Disney, at least, is there? Well, there has to be a loyalty because if you've created the character and they continue with that character, you know, that's not loyalty, that's business. Yeah. I mean, if Jim Cummings is doing a particular oh. character, they're not going <laughs> to look around for somebody else to do it unless Jim says, I want $6 million for the yeah, exactly. session. Then they'll find somebody else, and there is somebody else out there. That's what's so extraordinary. Yeah, there is. There are people <laughs> out there... I mean, I know everybody was doing Mel's characters. Mel did all these characters, and then he got farmed out to five or six different people to do Mel's characters. And then some of those people got aced, and a new guy, I think, from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, is now doing four of Mel's characters. Came out of nowhere. There's always somebody. You're ne you are never indispensable. It's the one thing I can tell everybody in this business. You are not indispensable. You may be very talented, but if you get to a point... That uh, that you're difficult to deal with, or your price goes too high, or whatever it is, or somebody gets it in their neck and their pants and says, "Well, you know what? I have to go with somebody else." You know, kind of that. But even though you sound exactly like the character they wanted, um, you're not indispensable. Just mm -hmm. not. Angelina Jolie's indispensable. That's it. <laughs> mm. nice. And Charlie Theron. Those two are indispensable. I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> All right, so. I, I talked oh, to... Oh, and my daughter. And my daughter. Yeah, my daughter, actually. Okay. okay. <laughs> Gotta throw that in. I'll give okay. you those three. I'll give you those. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. All right, so back to Duke and G.I. Joe. You know, I talked to yeah. Bill Ratner and Neil Ross last year, and both amazing people and amazing voices. Um, the cast, it seems to me that you guys are pretty tight. 
as as a a crew. Is that yeah. the case? And you guys get along well together and yeah, we did, and it, it started out, most of us all had to sleep with each other, to really get the feeling <laughs> to do it in front of a mic. Uh -huh. um, I don't know how tight we were. To be perfectly honest, we were friends. I don't think, I don't know anybody really socialized. May have, but I don't know anybody that said, okay, you're my pal for life. Yeah, yeah. I think what it is, uh, you know, we are, we're pals to a degree. I'm very friendly with Neil. I'm certainly friendly with uh, Frank Welker. I never see him. Oh, Frank's I amazing. mean, as far as I'm concerned, Frank is in the in the in the witness protection program. I <laughs> it's funny because I've been oh. trying to get an interview with him for about a year now, and every time I it. every time I try to get it, he's, they say nope, he's taking a break. <laughs> yeah, uh, Frank. Um, if you believe in reincarnation, Frank was once Howard Hughes. I believe that. <laughs> nobody know, we heard about him, but nobody knows where he is. Uh -huh. And I've talked to him, and we laugh and we joke, and he's he's really cool. Um, I think he's he's doing Transformers now. He's doing he's doing his voice in Transformers. Yeah, yeah, in the last they movie he did, which is good. I mean, they should have got him in the first. No movie. kidding. Stupid. Yeah, absolutely no stupid with two O's. It's another but one of those anyway, things where they uh, wanted a big celebrity taking over, you know. Yeah, and big deal, which which is crazy. What was the purpose of that? Nothing. You don't see the it's, face. It's the machines. It's the creatures, and they're going to change them. And they're going to do stuff with the voices anyway, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they changed uh, robotic a little bit. There's no point to it whatsoever. What was the point of, of spending money on stars who have the money, who mm -hmm. are already wealthy, for crying <laughs> out loud? Why don't you use the original voices and please the crowd, please your audiences? I completely so, agree, uh, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever. They, you know, they did what they had to do, and they're going to do it again, obviously. It's, yep. It's how they work. But they did get, they get Jeff, I think Jeff Hart, 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 Hartel, Jeff, I want to say Hartnett, Hartel. I don't know Jeff that well, but he's good. Okay. And uh, and they get uh, I think Charlie Adler and uh, and of course uh, uh, Frank Walker and and uh, and who else? Um, oh yeah. Um, oh God, mine just what my name went out of my head. Anyway, they they got a few people from the original cast, which is good. Not the original original, but you know at least voiceover people that uh, yeah. should get the work. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to Voltron. That's another big one on your resume there. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun show. Any experiences you learned on, on Voltron itself or anything you want to talk about there? Well, let me see. Neil, myself, uh, the late Lenny Weinrich, uh, B.J. Ward, uh, and uh, Jack Angel. Yeah, Jack Angel. Oh, he's, I, and, I talked uh, to him last year, too. Great guy. And who was the last one? Why am I forgetting somebody? Who's Megatron in uh, in uh, Transformers? Megatron wasn't that. That was Walker, right? Yeah. Who's the other big one? Um. God, why does his name go out of my head? Peter Cullen. Peter. 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 There Peter, you go. Peter, right. Peter was in Voltron as well. And one of the problems was that that uh, that I I love to play a lot, and Peter is one of my best audiences. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I ever had a joke that went bad with Peter, or a, or a remark, or an aside, and it finally got to the point where they they had to they had to take me out of the session because Peter would laugh so hard that we we we'd lose time. So I was I was the bad boy. So they made me work by myself. <laughs> or if Peter wasn't in the room, Peter wasn't in the scene, and Peter had to leave because Peter was Peter responded too much to my joke. <laughs> but yeah, I got slapped on the wrist, and you you know you can't work with Peter. That was always fun. We enjoyed that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, of course, you later. I, I, you know, and then, of course, I told everybody that at that point, you know, we, 
the animated series had already been done. Uh-huh. So we had to dub. We had to dub it in, and we didn't get to see it. We didn't dub to film. We didn't oh, really? ADR to film. We ADR to time. Oh, man. So here's your line, Michael. You're this, not just your character, not just Lance or Sven or the father, but you're also this uh, Japanese, you're this peddler, or you're this little boy. Oh, and, 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 and you have a line, and every line had to be done for time. So let's say you've got uh, 3.2, uh, you've got 1.3 seconds for this line. And you did it. And you go, okay, that was 1.2.9. Can you make it 1.2, 1.3? Yeah, and you do 1.3, and you go, okay, that's it, move on. Wow. So you had to act and time at the same time, and you never got to see it, ever. Man. I and would nobody not. realized that at the time. Yeah, it was. It was. You had to have a clock in your head. Now I'd like to see. Uh, you know, I'd like to see some of your modern day. Actors <laughs> no kidding. I really would. No I kidding. really want to see Kristen Stewart do that. <laughs> they would not even sign on to that film right there. No way. Wow. But they don't have to do that anymore. Now, of course, you know they got all kinds of new ways of presenting, so you can do it to the. To the line exactly. In fact, because I, I directed a, I directed a an, an American version of a, of a of a French film called Indian in the City, and uh, with a big, fabulous cast from France it was a huge hit. So they had us. That's why they asked. They hired me, and I hired the actors, and we dubbed it. And the interesting thing was, is they have it. If you've ever been in the studio, or if you've been in ADR or a dubbing studio. Not really. You normally get the line in front of you, and you get three beats. It goes beep, beep, beep. You take a beat, and then you say line to picture. Whereas in Europe, when they send the film down, there's a star on the bottom of the screen for that particular scene, and as it starts to move across the screen, you start to talk, and it automatically fits right into the mouth of the character you're doing. Wow. So it makes it so much easier. Yeah. But anyway, then, I mean, that's what they do now, I'm sure. And, and I'm, I've, uh, I've made the arts and stuff, and we don't do that here. We still do it with the three babes. So, now, speaking of directing, didn't you also do some voice directing for, wasn't it Peter Pan and the Pirates? Yeah, I did that. I did 80 shows, I think, oh, or something wow. like that, with Jason Marsden and uh, Timothy Curry, Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry. In fact, Tim won an Emmy for it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't but aware of that. Show you where credit goes. Tim won an Emmy for it. I directed him in it, and when he won the Emmy, he uh, um, he thanked another director, oh. thanked Gordon Hunt. Oh wow! Not because he forgot it was me, it was because Gordon had given him his first job in voiceover. I see. Wow. So he thanked Gordon Hunt, but and Tim and I are friendly, and I thought you thank Gordon, and I just read him out. He says. I, you know, Gordon, get, ah, I'm sorry, I got, you know, but he made it up for me. But he was in uh, Spam a lot and, and Broadway. I took my daughter and I sent him a letter and I said, remember me? I'm the guy that directed you. You want an Emmy? And I did a whole big terrible guilt trip on him. He said, okay, there's, there's two uh, house seats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so you, you touched upon this next one a little bit earlier with Smurfs. Yeah. I, I love Smurfs. Yeah. It's funny because I listen to you now. I think there's two voices to where I can hear it. I can hear Duke. I can hear Handy Smurf through your regular oh, voice. You know, Handy's, Handy's back here. 
And he's back here. And Lazy is over here. And he's just kind of falling asleep. And, um, and uh, Grouchy, of course, says, I hate Smurfette! Girl's <laughs> a bitch! <laughs> Classic show. I mean, and of course, you weren't on the movie that came out last year. Gee, was that not me? No wonder I haven't got any residuals. <laughs> no, I got George Lopez because we're so much alike. <laughs> Do I sound bitter? God. Yes. I would be too, man, completely. I'm there with you. I, I, I love animation so much. I, I know who's in what. And when I don't hear that voice, I get mad and don't see it. I don't know who did Handy, if there was a Handy. And I, I don't know if they did Lazy. I didn't go see the film because I didn't want to go see. Even though some lovely actors in it, I was not interested in seeing my career being done by somebody else. Yeah. Something I created being done by somebody else without even a, a, a bow towards us. Not even to invite us to the premiere saying we're going to bring the original voiceover people and have them in a room with some of the others and we could slap them around, maybe shoot them or something, garrote them, mm-hmm. you know, some fun stuff. Uh, no, we didn't even exist as far as the uh, star people were concerned. We had no... We were never there. What upset me, I actually did see it because my girls wanted to see it because they love Smurfs. What upset yeah. me was they really didn't use that many of the known characters. They actually invented a few characters through in there. I was like, why didn't you use Handy Smurf or, or, or Lazy Smurf, you know? But instead they invent, I forget what the name of it was, but some other Smurf I'd never even heard of that was a, a kilt. And it just really, really upset me. Oh, so he talked like that, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it worked around with a kilt and, and he lived with that was Horny Smurf, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, I had no use for any of that stuff. I mean, they got Hank Azaria and Alan Cummins and that. Certainly talented people, but it wasn't us. Yep. And we were still around. Yep. I said to everybody, I said, look, our asses have dropped, but our voices are pretty much the same. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> so be it. Okay. Yeah. No, they may, if they bring back Rugrats, I have no dreams that they will call me. None. <laughs> and they did very well, by the way, on uh, the Smurfs, the movie, so they'll probably do uh, a sequel. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I guarantee that's already the in the works. People. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this business drives me crazy, even though I'm not even in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's all it's business. You know, you got to get past the idea that there's any loyalty or that there's any critical thinking. It's just business. I don't see people not running to the theater because there's not movie stars' voices in it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mean, there have been a lot of animated movies that died on the vine with big movie star voices behind them. Mm-hmm. Yep. The story, mm-hmm. to me, the story is the most important. Yeah. Above all, the story. Certainly the artwork is important. I mean, I revere the artist, but I think the story is important, and then you really got to get some really good deal. Deal people in there. Unless you're getting Robin Williams or or, uh, Eddie Murphy, (laughs) who are quick and so fast, and and, and Eddie is, I mean, these guys are quick, fast, and wonderful in Proverbs, and that's what you need. That's great. That's fine. But you don't need Brad Pitt to mean more, for Christ's sakes, to to draw people in for a voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or Zeta Jones or anybody like that. There I go. There I go, Billy <laughs> Pulpit, screaming and yelling and jumping up and down. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't say anything because I would, I would be thinking the same exact thing you are if I were you, so. 
Where do they have Toby Maguire voice Gleek? That's when you see crazy. <laughs> it's kind of like on South Park. They had uh, George Clooney play a dog who just barked. Yeah, George Clooney did a dog. And didn't Bruce Willis play the dog on, on the movie of Rugrats? He, I think he and did. And I have been doing the dog. And I've been doing the dog in the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, and then they said to me, they interviewed me, and they said, so how was it working with Bruce Willis, the PR people? And I said, I didn't see him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They said, well, well, did you connect with him at all? I said, no, you're not hearing me. I don't, didn't see Bruce Willis. And frankly, I could care less that it was Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. We don't need any stars in this movie. I don't know why Whoopi Goldberg did the movie. I don't know why they brought in Susan Sarandon, as much as I think she's a fantastic actress, when there are actresses that could have, literally fenced rings around her as that character. So what was the purpose of that? And you can rest assured that never got on television playing movies. Mm-hmm. It never got on the PR circuit. You never saw that on Entertainment Tonight, trust me. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Transformers just for a little bit. Uh, another yeah. chance to work with Peter and Frank and Yeah, all the good guys. Yeah, and this is probably one of the biggest cartoons of all time. So it's Yeah, we figured. Yeah, I know. I mean, watching it when I was, I think I was six, maybe. Um, God, I just, I just felt older. I just got turned <laughs> to dust. I'm, I'm, I'm melting. <laughs> uh, amazing show you played. Uh, Prowl, Sideswipe, Scrapper. I'm sure a handful of other voices in the background. Yeah, yeah, and I get emails from from the fans telling me what characters are played. Then they want me to talk in those characters. Oh, yeah. I have a hard enough time finding my own <laughs> voice, much less characters that yeah, I must have done. And that's not to pin a rose in my nose. I'm not any different than anybody else of that era. Most of the, what, close to 800 voices and different characters and eventually duplicating myself in other shows. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really recall. Prowl, I thought, sounded like me, a little bit, a little bit more Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Um, Swoop, I know, had that raspy sound and he, he spoke like Yoda um, I couldn't tell you what the Sideswipe sounded like or Brainstorm or any of those guys I really can't yeah I mean I don't you, you, it's not possible if you've done that many characters to no. remember and and, they threw them at you they said you're going to be playing this character I mean you didn't you didn't get a script in advance you're in a room with all these actors and then this voice and they said okay here's what you're playing today and I go Oh my God! Okay, so this is his character. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna try to do him southern, kind of talk like this, you know, you know, make, making this." Yeah, that's good. And somebody will say, "Well, I was gonna do that for this character. If you don't like it first, it's mine. <laughs> you have to be New Zealand because I'm doing southern." You know, and then, then, and you know, maybe you brought the boys down over here somewhere. You know, this, have this one over here, or uh, uh, you know, maybe he's talk like this. Maybe he's not being like this. You, you gave it that sort of uh, quality, you know. So. And all of those, and that's that's how you latched into it. That's how you jumped into it, and that was your new character. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my this probably next one is is probably my favorite voice of yours is Quacker Jack from Darkwing Duck. Oh, Jack Quacker Jack, yeah. Please tell me you can do that voice still. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> God, he was so wacky. I think it was. Uh, you know, I'd have to get. I'd have to get a sound sample. It was so off the wall. I remember Dan Castaneda did sort of Kirk Douglas for his character. 
I was going to do a Kirk Douglas. He did a Kirk Douglas with Phil Kaepernick. Coach. So I'm not sure whether I did an Ed Wynn kind of over here kind of character. I think it might have been somewhere up there. I mean, oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that along the line of, of yeah. okay. Yeah, it's, it's madness and a lot of laughing. Amazing role. I'm sure he is very fun to play as well. Oh, that was really fun. Because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, looking through your resume, you, you don't play very many villains. So a crazy villain on top of that would be fun to play. Even more fun. Yeah, that's even more fun. Yeah, that's good. That's really great. That's like uh, your your version of maybe like Mark Hamill's Joker. Just a uh, off-the-wall, yeah. crazy, zany off person. Yeah, and Mark and I did Mina and the Count together. He played a vampire, and I played the daddy. I also <laughs> played daddy. <laughs> and then again, making you feel old. Making me feel older. Now, of course, it's so funny because yeah, the voices, I mean, I don't think I sound like a, a 70 or 73-year-old guy. No, you don't at all. It sound like that to me. No. So when I get auditions, they say, we want someone in their 60s and 70s. And I say to the agency, <laughs> don't send me stuff for 60s and 70s, because I don't say, yeah, I can do it. You know, I'll you know, get over here with uh, the uh, comic, uh, the uh, uh, cartoon version of 70, you know, maybe over here, or the cartoon version of the uh, 90s, you know, somewhere, I can get a station in the house, etc. But that's not what I sound like. Nope. I don't think. No, not at all. Seriously, you sound like... I sound maybe, like June Allison. Maybe like a... 35-year-old Duke. <laughs> yeah, 35, 35-year-old Duke. Hey, yo, Joe. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, not at all. This is, you sound great. Good, good to hear. Glad you called. <laughs> I can call you every week. Say, so, hey, man, you, you going young? Mirror, mirror. What is it? <laughs> microphone, microphone on the wall. <laughs> you know, this voice of all. Rob Paulson. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Rob used to do imitations of me, and I said, yeah, you know, you can do an imitation of me, Rob, and do that kind of thing that I did in voiceovers. And then, you know, I can do an imitation of you doing an imitation of me, but you can't get your voice any lower. That's the difference. <laughs> All right, so Quacker Jack, we talked about that. Oh, you actually played Batman in an episode of Tiny Toons. Mm-hmm. That must have been. I don't. You didn't have very many role uh, lines in that episode, did you? If I remember correctly. No, no, no. I got to a point in my career, to some degree, where where they started bringing stars like Malcolm McDowell and David Warner and uh, uh, Neil McDonough and and a lot of big names that were doing television, or had were English actors who had done a lot of movies. Whether it was Bob Hoskins, who did, I think, something. And they would bring in a lot of stars, and we would get to, I would start getting subsidiary roles. We'd like you to play the, uh, the Fox Terrier Peddler. Oh, okay. Is that a role? Yeah, it's not a regular, though. It's not even a guest. It's uh, because, I don't know if you're aware, or the listeners are aware, they should be by this time, I've done enough interviews, but generally you're up for three voices they owe you for three you owe them three voices so yeah. you do a major voice you can do a second second important major voice and the third voice could be a major voice but generally it's subsidiary and they have to give you 10 percent of scale for that which is worth it to them so they don't have to pay the actor the full amount another actor the full amount so if actors that they bring in a lot of the stars could not do more than one voice so they bring in a star to do batman and he couldn't do two other voices he hmm. might have been able to do a subsidiary guard. Hey, you guys! What the? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those things. Why I order? Oh! <laughs> you know, that's about as far as they got. 
uh, we'd bring us in because we would have to play that construction worker and then play the uh, um, possibly the, 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 the you know, Hispanic construction worker and then a, another construction worker and then maybe the guard. And then that was what they brought us in for. Here I've been doing all these starring and all these series and then all of a sudden it, and that's okay. It was work. I got paid the same amount of money the other people did. So mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't complain. All right. Now let's, I guess we can close with this next one. One of the last things you did was uh, the new G.I. Joe you touched upon a little earlier, how you played yeah. Duke's father. What was that like coming back to a franchise that you helped build and playing your character's father? It was fun. I loved it. Just loved it. And Jason Marsden, who played Peter Pan in the series I directed, it was a dear boy. He's a talented kid, and it was fun seeing him play Joe. Nice. Uh, to play Duke and, uh, and to work with uh, B.J. Ward as my wife, who was Scarlet. Huh. And, uh, in the Transformers. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, she was Scarlet. She was Scarlet in Joe. And so, you know, in Joe, um, in, uh, so she was cool. I mean, she was, she was cool. It was fun working with her and working, and of course, Jenny McSwain, who directed it, is just a joy to work with. Because she gets actors. She doesn't, she doesn't insist upon her way. She gives the actors the opportunity to find it and then she sort of moves them in the direction she needs and of course whoever is standing behind her and says you want this want that but it was fun nice group of people and we all worked together in the same room which is really a treat now do you um, go to any conventions or anything like that since you've you know pretty much retired from the yes everybody do are they going to hear this in England yeah yeah okay well I'm going to be in England I'm going to auto assembly August 3rd 4th and 5th in Birmingham and there's talk of me coming to Australia next year. I don't know if that'll reach fruition, but there was talk of it. So, yeah, I'm just starting to go to conventions. Now, I've never been to a Star Trek convention, although I... <laughs> That's where you were in Star Trek. Uh, I, did, no, I did voices in Star Trek. Oh, okay. And I've never, been to a, I've never been to a Star Wars convention. I mean, I, no, I'm sorry. I did, I did on camera in Star Trek. I, I guest starred in the pilot, the Grappler Zorn. And then I guest starred on two, three Deep Space Nines. Okay. I was guest on that. And then, but I also did a, a voice, a couple of voices in uh, Star Wars. Oh, did you? Because I get, I get people emailing me stuff and saying, oh my God, or not emailing me, but sending me photos of a character, um, Commander Willard, who I, I revoiced. Okay. And I, and I did a couple of the, uh, the kids in their... Uh, in their spaceships uh, getting killed, <laughs> you know, and screaming, you know, red, blue, over the, over the side. You know, I got him on the right. <laughs> oh! That uh, I remember doing for Lucas. I remember so clearly being in the room with Lucas and working on this film. Very interesting. So I, I've done that, and I've never been to any of those conventions, ever. Hmm. You need to get busy. Yeah, so um, I, listen, I'm, I'm open. Somebody out there says, hey, we'd like to have them back convention, just invite me. That would be amazing. I need to I need to go to some conventions and meet up with you and just chit-chat a little bit more about your That'll be cool. Career. Are you going to be at Auto Assembly in, uh, in Birmingham? No. <laughs> no, not so much. Okay, my turn. No, I just don't have the... Got three kids now. Got to find things in the area to go to and... Yes, of course. Taking the girls to uh, Disneyland. I'm in Montana. Montana. What goes on in Montana except hunting? There's hunting, fishing, and farming. (laughs) 
hiking, fishing, farming. Okay. That's about it for Montana. It's a great, a great scenery, but not much to do. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever go fishing, fly fishing is great up here. Uh, you know, you, you're talking to an animal activist and a okay. hardcore vegan. Well, if you ever, so I never, I never, I never eat anything that that had a mother or a face. <laughs> well, if you ever want to go to Yellowstone, I'm pretty close to Yellowstone. <laughs> oh, I've been, love it. Oh, that's Yellowstone amazing. Was fabulous. Did a did a White River raft. Oh yeah, I did too. Yep. Yeah, on the Snake it. River, probably. Oh my God, I loved it so much. Yeah, I worked there for two it's two years. And it's amazing. You did? Yeah. On, on the on the on the uh, rafts. No, I worked inside the park itself. I worked the first okay. year. I worked at one of the convenience stores in front of Old Faithful, and the second year I worked at the Old Faithful Inn, the the you know the big log cabin looking. The big one, yeah. 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 I worked the front desk of there for a year. Well, how cool is that? Well, yeah. that's, that's nice. That's cool. So now you, you're making a living doing what? You're, you're not making a living certainly talking to me. No, no. This is this was my fun. This is my my yeah. unwinding right here. But I work at a hospital here in town. I'm not saving lives or anything. Uh, not nothing that important. But you know, in the little office area of the hospital. And if they ever need somebody to give mouth to mouth, it's you. Yeah, sure. If it's a good looking girl, right. I'll do it. Yeah, you give mouth to mouth. In fact, you will do that even if they don't ask you. <laughs> yeah, I've been slapped a couple of times, but... Yeah. I can understand that. People come in in the hospital and say, excuse me, you need to knock them out. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I could do a great Hamlet maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to cup your hands. You're supposed to put your hands under. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they taught me wrong. They taught me wrong. Yeah, taught me wrong. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, this was a, this was a guess. I'm glad I'm, I did it. And tell everybody to come see me in uh, Auto Assembly in Birmingham in uh, August third, fourth, and fifth, I think. Awesome. Yeah. It's Birmingham, England, not Alabama. No, actually, I used to live there too. Okay. <laughs> You've lived there also. Yeah, in Birmingham, God. Alabama. Yeah, I get around. I get I I, I get the bug. Oh, and that's I... right. You that's because you're that's because you're wanted, right? Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Shh, don't tell anybody. Okay. Good. Okay. All right, well, Michael. Tell the girls hello and and how old are the girls? Eight. Eight, five, and one month. Oh my God, you God, you, you prolific little bugger. That's really nice. <laughs> That's hard. You have three kids that you're gonna have to worry about for college. Oh Good God. Luck. And in a couple years, Mine went teenager. to college. I well, well, you know, my, my daughter Ashley Bell's. What, she's twenty-five now. I think twenty-two. I don't know. I think she's twenty-five. Something like that. And uh, she's in Vancouver doing a film now called Marine for the WWE hmm. that she's starring in. And uh, that teenage years, I wouldn't want to live through that again. <laughs> and she was good. She was a good kid. And yeah. still, I wouldn't want to live through that. And then, of course, college. Thank God I put money away for college. But from the first day, I had an idea that I wanted a kid. I started putting money away for college. Uh-huh. In a 529, I think it's called, or a 526, something like that. That to build tremendous equity, just so you know. Yeah. Tremendous equity. Yeah, we got we got some going away, but not as much as we need to now. Yeah, but but it builds tremendous interest mm, over the next ten or fifteen years. It's tremendous interest. You have an eight-year-old by the time she's eighteen. You got ten years. Uh-huh. She's going to need that three hundred thousand dollars unless she's, uh, you know, a genius and she's able to to win a scholarship, uh-huh. or she's you know make her get into sports. No, not this one. The second one's more of a, a sporty one. This one's more of a yeah. video game one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then you know, video games. Wow. Okay. Does she listen to? Does she watch? Does she play Ratchet and Clank? Or 
one? No, she hasn't played that one yet. Okay. Mainly just the Toy Story games and, and Disney games and stuff like that. Oh, that stuff, the Disney games. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a huge fan of G.I. Joe. Oh, good. Okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> does, does she ever, has she ever seen Rugrats? You know, I, since they're not on anymore, no. I, I don't think she ever has. You've I, got to pick up. You've got to get a Rugrats. Yeah, she would definitely. I mean, I've seen a few episodes, even though I'm older, and I, she would love it. Oh, she would absolutely love it. It is so great and so hip. The antithesis of, 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 of what the animated shows were at that time. Mm-hmm. It's just just so super you really she would love the characters a lot from the early one the early Rugrats right up to all grown up mm-hmm. she really would you ought to get some of the uh, you know get a, get a couple of packets of those couple of, couple of seasons like at least get the first and second season if she likes that she'll just oh on. definitely yeah I'll definitely do that I know she'll like it you really should she'll love it I know yeah. she'll love it it's I'll tell her so you told fun. me to do it so she'll watch it yes you tell her I said <laughs> for her to do it okay <laughs> I'll tell her Quacker Jack told me to do it Cracker Jack said to do it. Whatever I say, go. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm Mike Michael. I don't want to keep you any longer, but this has been amazing. Okay. Thank and you. Yeah, this is a joy, man. I'm a huge fan of your work. I appreciate it. Hopefully, I'll see you on the road sometime. Yeah, maybe you will. There's a good possibility. You never know.